The views expressed herein reflect the views of the Whistler Agency as of the date of publication. These views may change as conditions change. The views expressed herein are not intended and should not be construed as investment advice, and they do not address any individual's specific situation. Welcome to Whistler While You Retire with Tim Whistler from the Whistler Agency. Here you will learn how Tim helps clients avoid taking unnecessary risks in retirement. With a fiduciary responsibility, Tim's mission is to help retirees and soon-to-be retirees create a greater sense of confidence about their retirement plan. Now, on to the show. You've undoubtedly heard about Roth accounts, how they might save you taxes, and how you can convert a traditional IRA to a Roth. Well, this episode, Tim Whistler will do a deep dive into Roths and Roth conversions. I'm Patrice Sikora, asking the questions. But Tim, before we get going, I have to say, whenever I think of IRA, I also think IRS. <laughs> well, it, it, let me throw one more in there for you as well. Your IRA is an IOU to the IRS. Show off. You're such a show off sometimes. Well, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to one up you, Patrice, but you led me right there. So I had to kind of compliment what you already shared with me. <laughs> well, then explain, please. <laughs> well, I like to use IRS because I don't like to use the, the, I don't like to describe the tax burden as being owed to Uncle Sam, right? Because when I think of Uncle Sam, I picture that poster of him and his blue and white top hat pointing at me, right? I want you <laughs> yes. for the U.S. Army. It, it's, yeah, right. it's, very, it's very patriotic. It's a symbol of patriotism, which is quite the opposite for the IRS. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> so we'll, we'll talk about the IRS and what they do, because yes, when you have an IRA, specifically a traditional IRA, okay, that the, the tax deferred characteristic of that, you know, that, that we have been preached at for, for decades about, you know, defer, defer and defer again, we now step into retirement. We now transition into the distribution phase of life. And now we realize that the days of deferral are behind us and the tax bills are now soon due. Mm -hmm. Well, let's start out with what a Roth is and then why would someone want to convert their traditional IRA to a Roth? Absolutely. And, and just before I get into that, I want, I want to kind of take somebody back here. I mean, again, if somebody's listening for the first time, thank you for being here. If you've been here before, thanks for joining us again. I, I want to take people back a couple of episodes um, that I think will be good to complement what we're going to talk about today is because I want to go back to episode 35, when you and I talked about the Balancing Act and where I, where I introduced the definition of true diversification. Mm -hmm. Right. So having said that, we before we're gonna before we're gonna worry about taxes or long-term care expenses or legacy planning, we must have a foundation of true diversification. So so think in terms of building a house, right? The, the three major characteristics characteristics of building a house are the walls, the roof, and the foundation. Well, what do we always start off with? The foundation. Foundation. You have to have a good foundation because Without a good foundation, the walls and the roof, it, it doesn't matter. So therefore, in a retirement income planning strategy, we have to have true diversification that can help us build those solid walls with one of those walls being tax liability. Okay, so does it make sense to convert funds out of the forever taxed bucket, known mm -hmm. as a traditional IRA, and convert them into a never taxed bucket known as the Roth IRA? Okay, so... To answer your question, what is a Roth IRA? Again, the Roth IRA allows us to put funds, set funds aside 
to where they are funded with after-tax dollars. Okay. Mm -hmm. The 401k and the traditional IRA are funded with pre-tax dollars, right? Tax defer, tax defer, tax defer. We have not paid any taxes on yet on those accounts yet. So therefore now, whenever we go to take income from those accounts to complement our social security, maybe to complement a pension, whatever the case may be, or also too, let me, I can't forget this important one. When we celebrate our 72nd birthday, known as the required minimum distribution day, each time we take a withdrawal, we're going to pay the IRS a share of that distribution or withdrawal. But here's the critical thing, Patrice, here's what we don't know. We don't know what those tax rates are going to be in the future. Right. We have no idea. And, and one of the things that, that I've learned, I just heard this saying not too long ago that I thought was just absolutely brilliant. During uncertain times, people will crave certainty like a person in the desert who would crave water. Mm. So isn't that strong? I mean, that's not my original thought. I, I, I borrowed that from somebody, but I thought that was so good because when you just kind of take a step back and look what, what's going on today, I mean, we're dealing with just a plethora of madness right now. It's unbelievable what we're dealing with and it, and it can be quite unnerving and, and a lot of uncertainties going on out there. So that's why I kind of encourage people, let's start off and get that foundation set first. Let's make sure that we've mitigated against market volatility. We've talked about that. How many episodes we've brought that up time and time again, because it's so important to build that, that foundation. But, but now that once we've got that foundation built, let's now start talking about does a Roth conversion make sense? So when we do this, okay, here's kind of what we talk about. There's, there's basically three questions that a client needs to ask me when we're, when we're going to start looking at, do we do a conversion or not? Okay. Mm -hmm. Number one, when will I need income? Okay. So that's where now I utilize the software planning tools that I have, where we've taken inventory of their assets. Okay. Um, we're looking at income that we're going to have or currently receiving social security, pension, et cetera. Mm -hmm. We look at their expenses. We look at their liabilities. If there are any out there, we look at their overall plan. You know, what, what is the overall plan for retirement? What do you want to do in retirement? So therefore, when we look at their assets that are earmarked for retirement, now we pay very close attention to the tax classification of those assets. Are they traditional IRAs? Are they 401ks? Are they Roth IRAs? Is there any inherited IRAs? So again, we look at all those because every single one of those can be handled completely different by the IRS when we take income from them. So, so therefore, when I ask that question, when will I need income? That's a very important factor for us to determine whether or not a conversion is, makes sense or not. Right. Okay. So second question, where will the money come from to pay the tax? So here's what I mean by that. If we have a portion of our investable assets in a traditional IRA, let's just call it an even $500,000. We've worked, we've saved, we've sacrificed. We worked for a company who did some matching with our 401k. We've retired from there. We've rolled it and it's now a traditional IRA. It still has that um, status of being pre-tax. It's tax deferred. You've not paid anything from that. And we are now getting you know, closer to um, that time where we're like, well, maybe we start, start, should start looking at our tax liability big picture. Because when, again, whenever, whenever we put together an analysis for a client, one of the things that we look at, obviously, that is the tax liability. And again, you know, I want people to describe for me their, their retirement with blue skies, sunshine, rainbows, and unicorns. I want it to be perfect. Okay? For, I want them to describe it for me, though, as though it's perfect. But I'm going to bring the storm clouds in. 
And I'm like, hey, do you remember that IRA account that you both have? Assuming I'm talking to husband and wife, for example, you do know that IRA stands for individual retirement account, right? Yeah, that's what it stands for. Do you actually know that it's a joint account? <laughs> what do you mean? Have you ever heard of the IRS? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Okay. So, you know, you know, our constitution was written in ink, but the IRS uses pencil. So when it comes time for us to look at, you know, if we're going to do some conversions, conversions from the forever tax bucket known as traditional IRA, we want to put that into the Roth. There's going to be taxes that are going to be owed on that conversion. Okay. So that that's, that's where we have to answer that second question. Where will the money come from to pay that tax? Okay. The third question before we even consider doing a Roth conversion is this next one. And this is one that's always generating so much good conversation. What do I think future tax rates will be? Well, at this point in time, we know they're going up. You know, I, I can't argue with that, Patrice. I, I don't have a, I don't have a crystal ball. You don't have a, we don't, none of us do, but no, we know what the Fed has been saying and where rates are going, where rates have, have been going. Let me put it that way. Right. You know, and then you, then you look at what's currently going on. You look at the trillions that has been printed and spent slash wasted here recently. I mean, it's it, it that bill is going to come due and, and tax rates because there's only one one of two things is going to happen. Either Congress is going to spend less, or tax rates have to go up. And well, let we me know, tell you, number one there. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> I would totally agree with you. They they are on a spendthrift journey right now. They're enjoying it, and um, so therefore, there's going to be adjustments. There are going to be adjustments coming there. So. This is where I'm kind of really focused even more so than ever because I feel this window closing. Now, time passes quickly enough as it is. I don't want to rush time any more than it is. However, at the end of 2025, our current tax rates in brackets that we know of right now, the 10, the 12, the 22, 24, et cetera, those are all going to sunset beginning in 2026, okay? Then who knows what's going to happen after that? Mm -hmm. So therefore... That's why I asked that question. What do you think future tax rates are going to be? And if, if somebody responds just like you did, Patrice, well, they're going to have to go up. Boom. Okay, now let's start talking about it. Because when is the ideal time to pay taxes? At their lowest rate. So therefore, we look at this from the standpoint of let's bring in all these different elements that we just talked about. If we don't need income right away from a portion of a traditional IRA, then maybe it makes sense to do a conversion. Where will the come? Where will the money come from to pay the taxes on that conversion? Then it may make, may make sense to do a Roth conversion. And then, if we think future tax rates are going to go up into the future, again, it makes sense to maybe look at a Roth conversion. And another timing issue to think of, Tim, isn't it? You have to wait five years before you can access the money once you make a conversion. So, yeah, th I tell you what, Patrice, that that topic right there alone, you okay? It's like, for example, let me back up a little bit. When I had participated in Ed Slot and Company's workshop this past July down in Nashville. It's a two-day IRA workshop. And it always cracks me up when I tell people this. They look at me <laughs> as though they just took a bite out of a lemon. They're like, <laughs> they shrivel up and they're like, why would you do that? <laughs> so that you don't have to. That's why I go. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. Thank you. No, I, I do enjoy it. And I just came back. I, I just made the decision to take it one step further and become a member of what Ed and his team call the Elite IRA Advisor Group. And it truly is empowering. It's We get into case design, we get into different um, 
lawsuits that had happened for people that have gotten involved with IRS rulings and didn't know what they didn't know and got themselves into financial problems. It, I mean, it just gives an advisor so much more information to share with a client that every single time now that I sit down with somebody, my mind is always going towards hmm. how, what we do, what are they possibly setting themselves up for? So when you ask that question about the five years, this is one that, that a group, a room full of advisors, and I'm talking, you know, possibly hundred, 200, maybe 300 advisors at a time can be in a room and this will generate a lot of questions. So here's how kind of how that works. There is a simple chart that I'm looking at right here on my screen that we, that we utilize when we're talking about this, because a Roth IRA can be funded one of two ways. Okay. Number one is contributions. Okay. We can contribute to a Roth IRA as long as we have earned income coming in. And as long as we don't make too much income, okay, mm -hmm. as according to the IRS rules. So we can contribute to a Roth, right? And then there's there's rules out there. Like for example, right now, the rules for 2022 is that anybody who is under the age of 50, they can contribute up to $6,000 into the Roth IRA. If they're over the age of 50, they can throw an additional thousand. So they can, to, they can put in $7,000 into the Roth IRA, according to the IRS rules of 2022. Again, if they don't earn too much income, okay? Mm -hmm. But the conversion, how do we convert? Okay. So here's how this works. There's no tax and no penalty if distributed, if we distribute from the conversion after the Roth IRA has been five years old, or if we take distributions after 59 and a half. Okay. So now, now with the amount that we convert, right, we pay taxes on that, that goes into the Roth. Now we're going to put it, we're going to pick a vehicle for that Roth IRA. And that that's probably not for today's conversation, but that that Roth IRA vehicle can be from, you know, a managed account at TD Ameritrade. It can be in a CD. Um, it can be an indexed annuity. In other words, we can pick what preferred vehicle makes the most sense to hold that Roth IRA in there. In other words, what's going to give that Roth IRA the most safety that we need, the mm -hmm. most liquidity, and the most opportunity for growth, okay? Because when that Roth IRA grows, there's no tax or penalty if distributed after five years and 59 and a half. Okay. Okay. Got that help. I mean, it, yeah. that was, that fogged my mind up so much, Patrice. In fact, I reached out to Andy. Andy is one of the fantastic people that are on Ed's team. There's Andy, there's Sarah, and there's Ian. And I had this email conversation back and forth with Andy. I said, okay, here's the scenario. Okay. In my mind, I want to make sure I get this really dialed in because when I'm helping a retiree that may already have a Roth IRA, or may not have a Roth IRA. And I'm seeing a lot of those people, they don't, they don't, they don't have a Roth IRA for, for a multitude of reasons. But if we can get one started here in the current calendar year, that gets that five-year clock started. And that's, that's the key. We want to get that thing started as soon as we can. Okay. okay. This then raises the question, which I think we were going to discuss later, but I'm going to throw it in now and see if this is the time. Mm -hmm. Is it ever too late? Are you too old to do a conversion? That is a fantastic question. In fact, Ed brings out, he, he offers a monthly newsletter. And uh, in preparation for our conversation here today, he talked about Roth conversions in a previous newsletter this year. And, and in his, his, one of his headlines was, too old to convert? Think again. And just quoting out of his newsletter here, because he just writes so well, and I'm not going to reinvent the wheel. I'm just going to just quote from Ed here. He talks about, he says, for older individuals who do not need the retirement savings soon, or at all, and who plan to pass these funds on to beneficiaries, 
A Roth conversion is an effective estate planning vehicle. So, okay. Okay. I, so, he, and here's why I think, well, I don't think I know why. I mean, I've sat through his multitude of webinars and, and sat through a couple of workshops in person. Here's why it's now that's more important than ever. That's because the piece of legislation known as the secure act of 2020, when it was passed, most people were only aware of the major change that got the most press from main street media. And that was, Hey, the secure act just passed, which means your RMD required your, your required minimum distribution age was just bumped down the road a little bit from 70 and a half to 72. Whoa, hip, hip, hooray. Well, Let's not celebrate too much. Let's look into the details here a little bit because what they also did was they eliminated the stretch IRA. Yes. Okay. So let's talk about that, for example. So going back to a traditional IRA, it being an individual retirement account, the IRS has their say as far as how much they're going to take out every time there's a, there's, a there's a distribution, but an IRA owner passes away. What happens to that IRA account? Does the role of the IRS go away? No, <laughs> they are forever locked in yeah. to that IRA account. So husband and wife, for example, one of the, one of the spouses passes away. The surviving spouse can take ownership of that IRA as though it's theirs. Okay. But now we look at the non-spouse beneficiaries and what can happen under current legislation. Well, the stretch IRA said previously that when a non-spouse beneficiary inherited the IRA, they would have to take funds from that IRA because against tax deferred, mm -hmm. the IRS wants to tax it because they want to get their tax revenues from it. So that person would take out the IRA RMDs distributions according to their own lifetime, like, like their own lifetime table, if you will, how long they were, they were forecasted to live, you know, actuarially speaking. Mm -hmm. Secure Act did away with all that. They now say that when a non-spouse beneficiary inherits a traditional IRA, that entire account has to be completely liquidated by the end of the 10th year. That is not necessarily a lot of time. It's not a lot of time. And if you think no. about somebody who passes away at 70, their kids are probably what, 50s, mm -hmm. maybe upper 40s-ish. When are we making our most, when are we earning our most income? in our kind of at our later years. So they already might be in a higher, uh, higher tax bracket tax now. Bracket. Now all of a sudden here comes more tax, you know, taxable income right. coming in. So having said that, to kind of, and we won't go too deep in the weeds because this can, this rabbit hole will go for infinite time, but are we too old to convert into a Roth? Absolutely not. Again, that's why I like, I love the way Ed phrased that. If we don't need those funds for income now for the, what we need to do for our retirement, and we want to leave those funds behind, by all means, paying the taxes now so that our kids and grandkids don't have to, what, what a legacy to live. Because again, that's one of the unknowns. We talked about that during uncertain times. People, people crave certainty. Well, we know what taxes are now. Let's pay the taxes now, right. convert it to a Roth. That way then whenever the kids inherit a Roth IRA, do they still have to liquidate the account within 10 years? Yes, they do. But is the IRS involved? Not at all. That would be a, a, a nice windfall. It really, it really would be. And, and that's, that's one of the things that, that I think is important. That's the type of conversation that I'm having for pe with, with people now is when I, again, when I look at those assets and we come up with, okay, here's the, 
here's the summary or the solution for the true foundation, right? The true, the true diversification where we have that foundation, you know, set in stone. It's, it's locked in. We've got a good foundation to build from. Now let's make sure we, we tackle the income. How much income do we need from our assets to fund the retirement lifestyle we want to have? Okay. Once we've kind of addressed those and we see there might be some money left over, what are we going to do with that? What's the legacy plan here? How much, how much do you love the people at the IRS to leave more to them than to, than mm -hmm. to your own family? So that's just kind of one of the things that we look at when it comes to age. No, so there's no, there's not really an age that's too old for conversion. And then this would also on the other end say, if you are starting to work, you have an employer plan of some sort, do employers offer Roths? So yeah, we're starting to see that more. It's becoming more and more popular now amongst uh, employers offering a tax plan or I should say a retirement income plan for their employees. We're familiar with the Roth. We're familiar with the traditional, you know, right, right, exactly. Yeah. So we, we know what that is. Tax deferred, tax deferred, tax deferred. Now, a lot of employers are offering the Roth 401k. So anytime somebody hears that word Roth, just kind of, you know, perk up a little bit your attention because Roth means tax-free. Anytime that we can contribute to a fund that's tax-free, that's going to be better for us for down the road. So for example, one of the things that, that Ed talked about in that same newsletter was Roth conversions for younger savers. Okay. For example, let's say somebody graduates college, they're 22, 23, they get their job, they're there for five years, and then maybe they've saved, I don't know, 20 grand, 30 grand, whatever the number is. What can they do with that 401k? We've talked about that before. They can roll that over into a, to a traditional IRA because the traditional IRA might offer them some more investment options than that 401k could, okay? Would they be possibly a good candidate to convert that traditional IRA to a Roth IRA? And I'm just here to tell somebody, anybody that's still decades away from, from retirement, um, you know, the, the, the people that are kind of retiring now, the baby boomers now, and even before them, they could kind of count on a three-legged stool, pension, social security, and their own savings. Well, pensions are dying. Pensions are almost gone completely. Right. That leaves a two-legged stool. And what is social security going to be like in a few years? That's a whole nother conversation we won't go into. So the point of it is now the burden of saving falls back on that young saver where let's maybe rethink a little bit what we've been taught to do when it comes to saving money. Is tax deferred necessarily a good thing when we're just kind of starting out in our career? It's not a bad thing, you know, especially when um, an employer might say, okay, we're talking to Bob, Bob, Bob works for ABC, you know, company. And they're going to say, okay, if you contribute to your 401k, we'll match up to 3%. Okay, great. Let's say Bob's budget, his take home that he needs to take home to maintain a, his standard of living. Maybe he can afford to put away 10%. Mm-hmm. Does it make sense for Bob to completely put all 10% away in a tax deferred account? No, at least go up to the amount that where, where they will match his contribution. And then if you've got some extra wiggle room, look at, and again, if he qualifies, look at open up a Roth IRA and contributing as much as you can up to that $6,000 mark and then an extra thousand once you hit age 50, because of the fact of, again, the sooner you start doing this, the less of a burden you have to bear down the road where you have to now start converting hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's all sitting in a tax deferred account that the IRS is just sitting there shaking their hands and saying, we can't wait to get our, to get our tax rates on these, on these funds. So that's kind of my little piece of advice for, for the young savers out there is you certainly can look at a Roth conversion too, if you have some tax deferred accounts sitting out there. How difficult is it to open up a Roth? It, it's not difficult whatsoever. It's just simply paperwork. We just need to make sure that we qualify for it. Again, we look at 
the IRS's guidelines as far as earned income. So they'll have uh, a limit of income we can earn for a single filer as well as a married filing jointly. So we, we've got those charts, we've got those tables, we share those with our clients, making sure that, okay, as long as we're not earning above and beyond that, then let's certainly get that Roth IRA opened. Then we talk about how much we want to contribute to that. And then we also go one step further and figure out what's the idea vehicle for those funds to be held in? Where should they be held to give us the best opportunity for some growth over the lifetime of that Roth IRA account? Do more people know about a Roth account now? It seems to me it's been... <laughs> It's out there. People talk about it, but do they truly understand what it is? That's that's a great question, Patrice. You know, I, I I think that they're aware that it exists, but where I think a lot of their knowledge may be lacking, and it's not on their own. That's not their fault. They're living their life. They're they're doing their thing. Um, it's kind of the burden that, that we bear as as a retirement planners to help people understand this. I don't think they understand what's going to happen if they leave funds in a tax deferred account. True. Uh, I, Very true. Very true. I, I think that's where a lot of the eye opening comes in because again, whenever I share an analysis from retirement analyzer, the software that I use and I say, okay, John and Jane Doe, here's your assets, here's your income, here's your expenses. I'm going to always show them the current scenario saying, if we just put money in to the software and we just let it go, we're not making any recommendations. We're just going to put your assets into it and we're going to take the income as you need it to pay expenses. I'm going to look at what's that tax bill going to be like. Let's say one of them lives to 90, which is very, I mean, that's a very high risk, yes. very, very strong possibility. What's that tax liability going to look like? Okay. And again, it's not for everybody, but if they meet those criteria and if a Roth conversion makes sense, then I'll start running the, the, the different scenarios and say, okay, well, let's start paying the taxes now while we believe that they're going to be at their highest rates or, or their lowest rates, because we think they're going to get higher down the road. We know what the tax brackets are right now. So if we bring in the element of social security income, we might have some pension money. You know, one thing too, before we close, I want to make sure too, I don't miss this too. What about Medicare premium? You know, Oh, that is a very good point. Very good know, point. <laughs> that, that's, that's unfortunately in conversations with prospects, um, that's bitten some folks because unfortunately the professional who was providing the advice failed to mention that. And many all of people, a sudden, yeah, many people think it's free. It's not free. It is not free. And unfortunately, Medicare or the Social Security Administration now looks at your income from two years ago yeah. to, to determine your current Medicare premium rate. So one of the things that I that I like to look at is, is when I'm dealing when I'm talking to somebody or engaging with somebody that's already 59 and a half and up to 62. That spot right there, I'll even, I'll even <laughs> kind of <laughs> apologize and say, look, I, I'm not a closer. I'm not a sales guy. I'm not a high pressure guy. That's not my, 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 my passion and my role is to educate, inform, and inspire. That's what I want to do. However, <laughs> <laughs> you might want to take very strong consideration looking at the importance of starting to convert now, because if we start converting now, and it's not going to impact your Medicare premiums because you're not yet, you're still more than two years away from that 65, you know, right. milestone. Now might be the ideal time to really, you know, pour some conversions and will it bump us into a higher tax bracket or two? Possibly, but that's what we do. We, we look at that. Does it make more sense to endure a couple of years of pain now to live maybe in less pain for the next several decades in retirement? So we just kind of analyze all those different moving parts to it and try to determine what makes the most sense 
in looking at converting again from the forever taxed bucket and putting the funds into a never taxed bucket. Tim, this episode is so chock full, although many of your episodes, all your episodes are chock full of information, but this one is really, this is going to hit home for a lot of people. You know, thank you, Patrice. I I hope so. Because again, having joined um, this elite IRA advisor group with Ed Slot and company, I I tell you what, I have not felt this empowered in 18 years of running my own show, running my own practice, being self-employed and engaging with, with clients. I'm just here to tell us, tell everybody, if we're between the ages of 59 and a half to 72, this is the planning sweet spot. And that's, that's again, that's one of Ed's, one of Ed's sayings, because at between those ages, between 59 and a half and 72, there's no more rules. There's no more penalties. In other words, we've attained the age of 59 and a half. So we, we have access to our IRA accounts with no pre-withdrawal penalties. And we're not to 72 yet because we don't have to take out distributions yet. So that's the time frame that we really probably should really dive deep into this and say, look, does it make sense to do this? Can we do it? Can everybody do it? No. I mean, Patrice, I've got clients right now that I'm working with where a Roth doesn't make sense for them. And that's okay, mm-hmm. right? They're just going to pay the taxes whenever they take income from their traditional IRA or 401k because they need that income for their lifestyle. That's okay. But for people who have, again, the, the ability to answer those questions with, I don't really need the income right now. I've got extra money that I can pay the taxes. And again, from the standpoint of, I think tax rates are going to go up. My goodness, we really need to start looking at this very, very soon. Because again, these tax rates, I think are going to change. And when they change, I I don't know if we'll ever see them at this low ever again, at least in our lifetime. Well, on that very positive note, (laughs) (laughs) any any other final tidbits you'd like to leave with us before we wrap this up? You know, I, I would say too, and again, again, not to try to be morbid or anything, or anything like that. But I tell you, it, it's there are so many moving parts to this that I think one of the one of the elements too is for somebody who loses a spouse, husband and wife in retirement, spouse passes away. That surviving spouse now all of a sudden has got a completely different dynamic for him or herself because now they're going to go from married filing jointly to married to be to be yes. uh, to be uh, filing as a single filer. And that also can be a, a time to maybe look at, especially if there's some tax deferred accounts sitting out there, that might be the ideal time to do that because unfortunately there's going to be probably less deductions, could be higher tax bracket. It, it, there's so many moving parts to that. So it's one of the things where, where Ed even talks about, you know, there being a widow's penalty, you know, where as a single taxpayer, they, she's now paying higher taxes on less income. You know, so, so we talk about that. So I would say, and again, to try to put a positive spin on this, this is the time to take a look at our assets that are earmarked for retirement. Do we have a significant um, (laughs) burden of wanting to relieve as much tax liability as possible? Then by all means, let's have the conversation. Let's sit down. Let's go through the numbers. Let's, let's play out the different scenarios because we're, I'm doing that right now for several clients. In fact, this week, we've already, I've already got a couple of clients that are already starting to do this. And I've got more lined up as well, because I think people are starting to realize by what's going on right now, it's not time to live in fear. It's a time to be aware of what's going on. Let's react, let's put together a plan and let's set ourselves up not only for a better, you know, more income for tax-free for ourselves, but also for our legacy plan as well. Tim, how can people reach you? People can reach me by phone at area code 309-291-0491. They can send me an email, which is tim at the whistleragency.com. 
They can also learn more about us online at thewhistleragency.com. And there's still no T in Whistler. Never has been, never will be. No, ma'am. And of course, follow this podcast. As I said, there are always great bits of information in here from Tim that uh, they'll make your day, believe me. Follow the podcast and share with others. And thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening to Whistler While You Retire. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of the Whistler Agency. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Investment advisory and financial planning services offered through Simplicity Wealth LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance, consulting, and education services offered through the Whistler Agency. The Whistler Agency is a separate and unaffiliated entity from Simplicity Wealth LLC. This podcast is designed to provide general information on the subjects covered. Pursuant to IRS Circular 230, It is not intended to provide specific legal or tax advice and cannot be used to avoid penalties or to promote, market, or recommend any tax plan or arrangement. For insurance products discussed, guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company.